0: Welcome to after the Act a film podcast where we talk about movies and shows that we watch. We are your hosts. I am Randy. here with the man with many names and today we have a special episode this is uh this is actually our first time we recorded this year. It's been a while man but uh it's
1: been a it's been a heck of a year i mean twenty nineteen yeah this this has been the year of film I think like just so many amazing things have come out this year to watch for our viewing pleasure. My eyeballs almost couldn't take it. Uh, but but I made it. I'm glad you made it too. But, made um, it, man. We made it. This was actually really tough. Making this list was incredibly difficult for me, um, because, like I said, there was a lot of really interesting stuff, and it was also really diverse. Like there was a lot of stuff that came out that was kind of hard to compare, because of the just sheer differentness. That's a word, right? Yeah, uh, just the the, the the differentness between the uh, <laughs> between each film. So uh for for me personally the way i judge this i use the criteria of
0: oh well let, let's uh, set it up for the users so as people can okay, okay. uh probably guessing the title of this episode we're doing our top 10 movies of 2019 so spoiler uh, essentially what we're going to do is go back and forth from 10 to 1 and say what our movie was in that position why it was and then we'll do our best to avoid spoilers because there are movies that um, you've seen that I haven't and vice versa. So we don't want to spoil for each other, but also for any of our listeners out there, all 10 of you. So we're going to just go no, back no, and no, forth. No. And, uh...
1: All spoilers. All spoilers. <laughs> it's I to be... that's what we talked about.
0: <laughs> no, we're, we're avoiding spoilers. But Damn most it. likely, we're going to end up talking about a movie and spoiling it. So sorry in advance. Uh, But yeah, so talk about your process because I, I definitely have some struggles with this.
1: So yeah, like I was saying, these movies on our list are all so different. It's hard to judge movies based on different genres to begin with. But at, at least for my top 10, we'll see if we coincide with some of these picks. But it was uh, more than that. It was more than I thought. So what I had based mine on was a, was a factor of three things. The first one was, was it technically sound? So was it? how was the cinematography? How was the lighting? How were the costumes? Second thing, was it interesting? Did it keep me interested throughout the whole film? And three, how original was the plot? I feel like that was one of the biggest criteria for me was how different did everything seem? Was it derivative? Was it predictable? What were the factors going into it that led to how I enjoyed the movie overall? So those are my three factors, man. How about you?
0: Yeah, no, those are all really good. Um, yeah, like we do with any movie, I judge it by, all right, do I think the story is, is engaging? Do I like the characters? How's the cinematography? How does it make me feel? Because I can leave a movie and forget some of the plots, but I always remember how I felt about the movie, just general feeling. So that was a big part of it, too. And it's it's easier with the slew of movies I've seen in the last couple of months A lot of these movies pining for Oscar nominations. Easy to remember those movies. But, man, I was looking back for movies back in January, February, March, thinking, oh, yeah, that was this year. Did I like that movie? I did like that movie. Why did I like that movie? So it was like some of these I even reread the plot just to get a better feel as to how I felt when I watched the movie. But, yeah, you know, story, character, cinematography, big three there. And, uh, man, it was actually I made the list quickly. And then once I made the top 10 list and then I remembered, oh, this movie existed too. This one did too. There's like four different movies that don't have in this list that need to make this list. And then that's when the sweat started happening. Uh, seconds even before this podcast, I was like making ch- audibles um, before I finalized my list. But it's final now. I'm sure tomorrow Randy will feel differently. But I, I think today's Randy is pretty happy about this one.
1: You know, that's tomorrow, Randy's problem. So exactly. I think we should just we should just move on into this and uh, bring in the 2020 with uh, talking about what we liked about 2019.
0: I like it, man. I like it. All right. So, again, we're going to go 10 to 1. We're going to go back and forth, giving what the movie is and why we liked it, trying to avoid spoilers as best as possible. We'll let you know if we just can't help it.
1: OK, man. So as my boy B. Rad says in 2003's Malibu's Most Wanted ladies first
0: oh damn alright quoting <laughs> what's his face on me uh, what happened to that actor
1: Who's uh, that he, obscurity. he tried <laughs> yeah. to do stand up and then it just never worked out for him
0: uh, well, god bless him you know I'm sure if 12 uh, year old me was podcasting I would have put Malibu's most wanted on that list and would have cringed later in my life but man that year would have made it
1: that and white chicks classics as a kid
0: (laughs) top two top two right there um all right all right so i'll go first so my number 10 movie of 2019
1: number 10 sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe i can edit that in there it'll be your vocals exactly um but mine is book smart um i really like this movie um in another day this movie would have been higher on my list but uh, we talk about, you know, coming of age movies, what are some of the classics? You have Ferris Bueller, you have Superbad, and you have Booksmart. I think it's up there with the upper echelon of these coming of age uh comedy movies. And, you know, it's just about two girls graduating in high school who are straight aid, straight edged students, but they realized all their other peers are doing just as well. But they were out there partying and, you know, having sex and doing drugs. So why can't they do that too? So they get into shenanigans, and it is just delightful. The The two leads in that movie just have amazing chemistry. I love Superbad. Um, Superbad is probably in my top ten movies of the 2000s. Um, I love the chemistry between Jonah Hill and Michael Cera. Uh, these two leads have the same quality of chemistry, arguably maybe even better because I just love their friendship in the movie. I love the shit they say. They have that awkward teen thing down, but also... You know, they're just like kind of like badass chicks in their own right. Absolutely love this movie. I know you couldn't stop raving about it when it came out. It took a while for me to watch it, but I finally did. And yeah, I loved it. And that's why it made my top 10 list there at number 10.
1: You know, actually, funny enough, I was thinking of putting that as my number 10, but I didn't do it. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I didn't want our list to be too similar because that's just boring. But I completely agree with you, man. That is a uh, definitely an honorable mention for me. It was very close to making number 10. Uh, but it's this generation Superbad. The even the yeah. story is so similar to the way Superbad plays out where they're trying to find this party as the climax of the film. Emphasis on climax. Um and, you know, along the way along the way they get into these side quests. And uh one of the things I absolutely love about that movie is that one scene where they're claymation and they're like tripping balls and they're like, Oh, oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah. What is wrong with us? We're fucking claymation. <laughs> and it's just it's just it's just great in all the right ways and just like you said the chemistry between those two actresses or actors is it's just it's just great. They have fun. You feel the fun that they have making that movie. And also, interesting to note, I think that film was Olivia Wilde's first directorial debut. It was. So, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So shout like out shout her. outs to her. She did a great job. Yeah.
0: Olivia Wilde, uh, Caitlin Dever, who played Amy, and Beanie Feldstein, who played Molly. Uh, They had a great combination there. Um, Even some of the other characters, like uh, the one who played Gigi, uh, Billy, who was just like this wild card throughout the movie. It was just a hilarious time. So, yeah, definitely uh, worthy of my number 10. But uh, how about you, man with many names? What is your number 10 movie of 2019?
1: Well, I will say this. You'll probably be like, oh, yeah, definitely an honorable mention. At least I hope so, because this movie was a fun, fun movie. And I think that's what factored into this one. It beat out out it beat out Booksmart just by this much. And even though you can't see what this much is, it's not very big. It's like I feel like little... I
0: have a guess. I'm not going to say it. By the way, we don't know each other's lists. Uh, for the record, we have no idea what it is. So I'm curious because I feel like your number 10 might have been my honorable mention. But continue. Continue.
1: Okay. So my number 10 was Ready or Not. Absolutely Ooh. loved this movie. Yeah, Good man. Pull, yeah.
0: man. Good pull. All right.
1: This is this is one we reviewed before, so if you want a more in depth analysis and, you know, don't mind spoilers, definitely go check out that episode. Uh, but I'm just gonna keep it brief. Like I said, we've we've already talked about it in depth, but just the highlights. Uh the whole movie is like Hitchcock esque, right? It it has this wonderful style to it that you really just kind of appreciate throughout the whole film. It's almost like you're watching a horror version of the movie Clue and I absolutely love the movie Clue Um, so it was it was just a fun from start to finish movie and you really just like want to pull for the protagonist like I've never been rooting for someone so hard in my life to make it to the end of the film and uh, it's just so enjoyable once you get to that finale it's it's everything the audience could have wanted so there was never a dull moment and if I had to give it one con it was that the plot is pretty simple um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh you just, you know, have someone trying to survive the night, uh, by playing a game of hide and seek. Uh so that was that was, you know, not so great, but it was still, like I said, incredibly fun. And uh even though I had that minor gripe with it, it made my number ten.
0: Okay, hey, that's a really solid uh number ten. So that's definitely I won't spoil all my honorable mentions, but that's definitely up there too. Um yeah, it's a movie you don't see a lot these days. It's like a 90 90-minute 90 minute thriller or horror kind of slasher film. Uh Samara Weaving is excellent in that movie. Uh I have just pretty much nothing but positive things to say. I agree with you the plot's pretty straightforward, so it's not that complex of a story uh in of itself, but the how they execute what they're doing with the lore was just so enjoyable. Definitely a good time with that movie. And, yeah, uh, and they
1: didn't even, like, yeah. really market the film. Like, I remember seeing trailers for it maybe a month and a half out, maybe two months, and then that was it. Um, after that, it was just, like, really no promotion for it. So I wasn't expecting much, but, man, what a, what a delightful surprise. Definitely go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good call for number 10. So I will give my number 9 movie of 2019. Number
1: 9.
0: <laughs> that is Little Women. Uh, Little Women.
1: Good choice. Good choice. I didn't get to see that one, but I heard it was really good. So go ahead, go ahead, man.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, it was definitely one of the last ones of 2019 I was able to catch. It's um, they've made this movie a few times already. Like it's one of my mother's favorite movies uh, when she was growing up. Uh, I think it. I don't know when the original one happened. I want to say maybe you know mid 1900s, but based off of a book. It's about you know a family of these women just. A mother and a plethora of sisters living um in the olden days and it's really just it's a family movie about family it's about the chemistry with these sisters who are all talented in their own ways and uh how everything they do just want to support each other even when they want to ring each other's necks they just want to support each other they want to do well in life they have different expectations the characters i just want to hang out with the family the entire time um the lead actress, uh I wanna I forget her name. Uh she was in
1: Midsummer, she, right? She played the the lead in Midsummer?
0: I think she did. Uh Sorcy Ronan? I probably butchered that name. But she's electric in this. Uh Emma Watson is charming in this. We have uh Timothy uh again butchering these names, but um I loved him in that one uh love movie he had when he was in Paris maybe but He's good in this too. He's his typical charming self. You just fall in love with these characters. This world is just intoxicating. You just want to hang out with his family. The drama is devastating, but ultimately, it's you know a women led by a uh, a movie led by women, and you just feel the kinetic energy with this cast. Um, I definitely want to see more movies like this. I haven't seen one quite like this this past year. And, you know, I don't think they need to remake this movie again. I think they they uh, they nailed it once again. Uh, Greta Gerwig directed this one and she did a fantastic job. So um, if you've had a chance to check it out, check out Little Women. It's my number nine movie of 2019.
1: I definitely will. Um, It's actually one of the bummers I had about making this list is some of these films I haven't seen yet because they came out towards the end of 2019. And this was one of them. So I'm glad you said, you know, reinforced all the positive things I've heard from this film already. Um, And I can't wait to watch it because, like you said, it's had a few remakes before, which I've seen them. But, you know, from what I understand, this one adds a little bit of flavor to it to make it its own enjoyable experience. So I'll definitely check it out. Now, uh, for my number nine. nine, Sorry. I just love doing that. It's so much fun. Um, But my number nine is very similar to my number ten. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with just the style of both of these films are so similar in a lot of ways that I just had the same positive things to say about both of these films. So they kind of interchanged and competed for number nine and 10, but ultimately this one won out and I'll tell you why. So my number nine is us. And again, oh, nice. you've got, yeah, man. Yeah. Monkey Paw productions, I think second film, um, which is Jordan Peele's, you know, production company, Uh, He made Get Out first, but this is the sophomore debut of Jordan Peele taking on a horror movie and just killing it, like, in all the ways that matter, right? Um, The style, again, very Hitchcock-esque. You could tell he gets a lot of his inspiration from those style of films or those types of films. And one thing I really liked about this one was that the story is just incredibly original and even wonky at times where... You you don't really know what's going on until the very end, but you're you're interested. It's not like you lose interest and then find out what's going on. It just kind of unravels at such an appropriate pace that it's just fun from start to finish. And the other thing I really liked about this film was just Lupita Nyong'o. Her acting in this movie is just bar none incredible. Uh, She does such a fantastic job of playing two different roles, and at the same time playing them with such originality that you truly believe it's two different people so i really loved this film i loved the style it was so suspenseful but there was one con um and the con to this one for me was also one of its strengths for me it was an original story but i feel like the ending was a little too convoluted and like just out there um so i still have to say i enjoyed get out more from jordan peele but this one is fantastic and it beat out ready or not just because you know, the story was just so much more original than the story for uh, Ready or Not.
0: Yeah, that's very fair, man. Solid pick. Uh, yeah, I think Jordan Peele hit out of the park again with that movie. Very much enjoyed it. And I, I just think it's going to help a surgence of those type of movies. those so deep concepts, sci-fi, Twilight Zone-esque uh, budget movies that, you know, all you need is $10 million or so and you can still make... A very enticing thriller. So, very solid number nine, man. Very solid number nine. Thank you. All right. So, moving into my number eight movie for twenty nineteen. So that is Knives Out. Knives Out. The Ryan solid Johnson choice. joint. Yes, I. You know, I think we all really enjoy this movie. It's one of those whodunits, but spun in such an original way where. You know, try not to spoil this because this is such a fun movie to go into unspoiled, but it does different tropes of whodunits in a way where you're not used to. Like, you're rooting for characters you normally wouldn't root for just the way this movie was written. Um, I don't know if it even is on the Academy this year for Oscar nominations, but Best Original Script should definitely... This is definitely a high contender for best original script. It is smart. It is funny. It is witty in every way. There's n- there's not a single point in this movie where I'm bored. This is either action and stories developing that I am engrossed in or these characters with this really dysfunctional family union. You just love to hear them bicker at each other. Chris Evans plays the opposite of Captain America. He's just you know pretty much Captain Douchebag in this one, but he does it so well. Um, I love everyone in this one The lead the leads just knocked it out of the park. Um, I hear they're developing a sequel to this movie so they can uh, delve deeper into different mysteries going on in this universe. But uh, Knives Out definitely uh, one of Ryan Johnson's uh, most maybe most successful films outside of Star Wars. And I can't wait what he does next with the series because this first one was excellent.
1: There is just one thing I want to say about what you just said about that film and it's up yours. That's all I wanted to say. Um otherwise <laughs> really solid pick. I actually love that movie. Um I got to see it too. And you're right. It was just such an uh, it was just such a great play on the who done it. And again, really original script and just a really smart movie. Um it does a good job of walking you through everything, you know, at an appropriate pace for the most part. So, yeah, solid pick, man. Really enjoyed it. For me, my number eight is Toy Story 4. Really liked this movie. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did because I thought 3 was perfect. And I still think 3 is the best film of all of them. But this one added enough for me where I was just like, wow, Pixar did it again. They found a way to take their golden child, which is the Toy Story franchise, and make another compelling story that kind of, resonates with all audiences all age groups which is something that just it's really hard to do um it's really hard to make something that you can kind of teach lessons and values to any age group so i really like that not to mention it was nostalgia at its finest i mean i grew up watching toy story i feel like a lot of us did i remember receiving the first toy story on vhs on christmas when i was just a baby um so it's just like one of my favorite stories of all time um and i also really loved just how original like i said the story was they acknowledged the fact that Bo peep just disappeared in number three they just mentioned that she was gone but they don't really go into any details to why um and that's the one of the main focus points of this movie so it uh yeah it it manages to uh to keep you engaged and it manages to teach you a lesson which to me was you know being able to leave what's comfortable to start a new journey and um If you want a more in-depth analysis, again, we do cover Toy Story 4 in a previous episode. But, yeah, definitely made my top 10 number 8 for sure. The only con I had for this was that it just wasn't as good as the third one. Uh, And I feel like the third one, which is a little unfair, but the third one was just such a great ending point that it didn't need a fourth. And even though the fourth was a great story, it probably might have been just better to leave it at number 3. But maybe that's just me being really evil. I'm not sure.
0: I mean yeah after what I what we saw with Toy Story 4 I can't no longer doubt I can no longer doubt that they can just make any Toy Story movie great. So definitely a, a solid number 8. Um yeah we reviewed it and I think we both really enjoyed that movie. We we both definitely really enjoyed that movie. It was just fun what they did with the concepts of creating toys and what your self-value is. They get into some heavy topics there and you know what what your goals should be in life? Should it be connected to others or yourself? Uh, definitely a solid number eight for uh, your top ten list. All right, so moving into number seven,
1: número siete for our <laughs> bilingual audience members out there.
0: So my number seven for twenty nineteen is Midsommar, okay, Midsummer, the Ari Aster flick that we both definitely enjoyed. Um, he you know started it off, um, in his theatrical debut I think with um, Hereditary which is one of my favorite movies of all time and was able to make a movie right after that that's has a lot of the same thematics as Hereditary it dealt with um, heartache and tragedy and how one can cope with those happening but more tailored towards relationships and he does a great job at making me uncomfortable in the daylight uh this movie, you know, takes place almost entirely in the daylight, albeit from the cold open. And it's just this weird uh just trip down what what happens when you're in this foreign place, you're dealing with unspeakable tragedies, you're in a toxic relationship and nothing is going your way. How do you navigate life and you know, this definitely seemed like it was inspired by Ari Aster's own um, maybe breakups in his past. But they just do a good job exploring that through the lens of this mystery horror movie. I definitely recommend it, especially if you were a fan of anything like Ari Aster's previous work or even Jordan Peele's, which I think there is some overlap there. Uh, Midsommar, uh, definitely one of my favorite movies, of top 10. And that's why I made my number seven.
1: Lucky number seven, man. Unfortunately, not lucky for them, but uh, you know, good pick. I like it. <laughs> um, again, definitely check out that midsummer review we did. We go ham in that review. We cover a lot of interesting little nit picky parts of that film. So for sure, you know, solid solid choice, man. I love that film. Um, so my number seven, and I feel like this movie is probably on your honorable mention list, but you know, I won't ch- I won't. Re- have you spoil it yet but for me number 7 was John Wick Chapter 3 and this was tough for me because normally action films it's hard to compare them to like some of these Oscar nominated contenders right like it's an action film it's meant to entertain you at a core level it's supposed to give you an adrenaline rush very seldom does a action film actually contain an original plot or a plot that's supposed to teach you some moral lesson. But I'm here to tell you right now, John Wick is not your stereotypical action film. I mean, I think this is the third film we reviewed ever. And it's one. I think it's still the longest review we've ever done. Maybe second longest. But it has so much to offer. Uh, the story of John Wick, the world they build, is just so cool. And it just leaves you wanting to know more and more. And it's actually one of the few times I can say, at least in my experience, where the third film is the best one in the trilogy. And for me, those John Wick films just keep getting better and better. They add more story. The choreography is even cleaner. The the villains are just very interesting. It's so stylish. it's, It's everything you could want an action film to be. And again, it's one of my top ones because it's very reminiscent of my favorite action series, which is the Raid Redemption. As a matter of fact, that has two actors in the film that were characters in those movies, the raid movies. So it just pays homage to, you know, those old school style of shooting action films where it's all about the choreography. It's not quick cuts. It's not CGI. It's not stunt doubles. You see Keanu at his finest. I mean, yes, they did use some stunt doubles for some of the scenes, but Keanu does a really good job of trying to keep that at a minimum. And, um, yeah, it was, just, it was just a lot of fun. The world is beautifully expanded, and again, cinematography is just, just on point. They go through different locations in this film, and each time they show it, it's just so beautiful. Um, if I had to pick one con, um, it's just that I expected the story to wrap up after a third film. You would think that after a trilogy is over that they would wrap up the story, but apparently not. Apparently, they're just getting started, and John Wick is going in for number four, which is exciting and crazy at the same time, but... Because these films just have trended in an upward trajectory, I just, I'm just i excited for the fourth one. It's probably going to be even better. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, the only other con I can think of for this film was just sometimes it's too over the top. But that's true for any action film. So I can't really, you know, ostracize it too much for something like that. Um, but, you know, everything else is really well done, really well thought out. The gunplay is actually kind of realistic. Um, yeah, just really fun start to finish. that's my number seven
0: hey man solid solid choice had a lot of fun with that film too uh we saw things in choreography i've never seen before in action films um i've never seen glass used the way they used glass in this movie um but yeah we we somehow talked about that movie for like two hours or so in our podcast or in our episode uh number two actually uh for this podcast and that's just because there's so many things to geek out about with the choreography so um, yeah, not a lot of action movies I think make typical top 10 lists, but chapter three for John Wick, well deserved, well deserved. All right, well, we're gonna get into, I believe, yeah, number six. So, number six for my 2019 movies <clears throat>
1: is Toy Story 4. Wow, you copycatter, you suck. I'm just kidding. well, Go
0: ahead, man. I mean, I actually love Toy Story 4 more than you, so I think I'm a better person. But this, uh, I mean, you know, I can echo everything you said about this movie. Uh, Didn't think it would be good, honestly. I just didn't think they had enough story to justify a fourth film, all those typical things. What else can they do with the story? They covered so much already, but Toy Story 4 proved that the writers in this one had a lot more to say. They deal with existential crises, your place in the world, um... What does it mean to have a goal? Is it wrong if your goals aren't tied to what they used to be? Is it fine to move on to your, from your current state of life? Very adult themes um, that they cover in this, but beyond that, it was also just a really funny film. The story was enjoyable. It you know it captures your nostalgia while still pushing the overall arc of these characters that we've lived with for decades forward. So. Definitely love this film. Not much more we can say about it that we haven't uh, said in our previous uh, episode review of this one. But absolutely love Toy Story 4. In another day, this actually would be higher on my list. But, uh, I mean, there's this, this top five list is too hard right now. So, uh, well placed at number six for me.
1: Why do we do this to ourselves? Like, this is stressful. Oh, it is. I only is. do this because I love... I just love our audience, but this is not enjoyable for me like this <laughs> this is not cool, man. all right, I love all movies, and I don't appreciate you making me pick and choose, okay,
0: oh yeah, right? I want you to feel pain, I want you to. It's the only way to express love, I think, but yeah, dude, this top five was pretty tight, I kept moving it around, but it's gonna be fun to get into, but before we do that, you're number six of twenty nineteen
1: Mark of the devil. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Trying to make these you know numbers interesting. I'm sure someone out there will appreciate it or at least chuckle. Anyways, my number six is The Irishman. And I know you said you didn't watch this one. But I'm going to give you reasons to want to do that.
0: Okay, let me hear Here's it.
1: the first one. This is Martin Scorsese doing Martin Scorsese things. And if you know Martin Scorsese's style, it's always very street. It's very visceral. And it's very gangster. And this movie delivers on all of those fronts. So if you love Martin Scorsese's style, then you're going to absolutely love this film and then some. One of the things I really liked about this movie is just that the cast is star-studded. It's amazing to me that a Netflix film, this is I just it boggles my mind, we live in a day and age where we don't even need theatrical releases for movies like this anymore. You have Joe Pesci coming out of retirement to play one of the main characters. You have Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. These are all, these are all household names for like the last four decades. And they all do such a great job of portraying their characters that the story, even though it's another gangster story, it's just so it's just so realistic. Like you feel like you live in that world and you understand these characters on a very deep and personal level. So I really love this film from start to finish. But the problem is that that's also part of the con. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be skeptical to jump into this movie because it's just really it's just really long. It's it's over three hours and I'm here to tell you that it doesn't actually feel as long as it looks. It's actually okay. a really nice film. Um, you nev- It never drags its feet. It never drolls on. Um, and the only con I had for this film was that the action shots of De Niro kicking ass, some of them just looked kind of fake. And that's because Robert De Niro was pretty old. Um, so <laughs> yeah. he's not going to be doing some crazy John Wick choreography um, but other than that, it it takes away very little from the overall experience. Uh, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. You don't even need to leave your house. You just go to your Netflix account, watch it, and you're good to go. You won't regret it.
0: Hey, very fair. Um, yeah, that was my biggest regret of not of what I haven't watched in 2019. There were so many of those, but I think yeah, it's that runtime. That's the only thing that kept me away from him. Like ugh, I don't want to sit here for three hours after work. And consume this. I'll do it eventually. Still haven't done it, but I'll definitely do it. Now. Also, That'll probably be the next movie I watch.
1: I also think it's nominated for some something in the Oscars, right?
0: Oh, for many things, yeah, for sure. So definitely have to do the Oscar watch. But from what I hear, that's definitely well deserved to be uh, your number six of 2019. So now, All right man, Let's we are do in top this five. Is,
1: this is it. This is this was the hard part for me. Like once I got to five, I was just like. I don't know what to do with my hands, um you know I just it's weird. It was very hard to pick these top fives. I feel like we're gonna argue a little bit on these or maybe very similar. who knows, but uh go ahead, man, you got it numero cinco
0: oh yeah uh top five we're we're in the we're in the dylon phase right now um my number five of twenty nineteen was the movie nineteen seventeen uh one of the most recent ones I've seen actually, but I have some bias against these old war movies. I just feel like there are so many of them. And to me, they always feel like Oscar Bates. They just know that the Academy likes these types of movies. So I wasn't expecting this to be good. I was absolutely wrong. It's it's fantastic. The gimmick that they have actually helps the story in that it's cut to look like one continuous take throughout the movie and it's well deserved it's a good technique for this kind of story you're following this lord of the rings-esque journey with these characters that have a mission and their mission is you know it's not even to like fight or win this battle it's to stop a battle from happening which is a, a new one i don't remember a movie really doing that but it's it's a fantastic. You're with these characters you know, in their entire journey, and you just feel like a third character. It was very video game-esque, where you feel like you have like the non-playable characters in front of you as you're doing your thing, and you're just attached to the momentum of this movie entirely. The cinema photography, it should win everything. I don't think it even, it was even nominated for Best Editing, but to me, this is the Best Edited Movie of 2019.
1: It definitely because, got snubbed. I will say that. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, this, it should win so many technical feats. I think from what I, from what I heard, the longest take was not to ruin the magic, but I think the longest take was probably like four minutes or so. So imagine how many edits that you can't even notice that they actually were able to sprinkle throughout this film. And you can tell where things could be cut, but it, it's hard to do that. So this movie is technically sound. The story itself I was interested in. I really enjoyed the characters. The characters seemed so authentic to who they were playing. Uh, again another day this could have easily been my top three movies maybe even number one but you know there's some juggernauts coming up but still well deserved in my top five here
1: bro i'm not gonna lie this didn't make my list because i swore that was a 2020 movie
0: (laughs) released at the end of uh 2019 it was uh it was limited release so i don't blame you there
1: okay so you cheated just say you cheated and that's totally fine oh no
0: i just do my homework and check release dates No, you cheated. Okay, you know,
1: (laughs) we'll agree to disagree. You cheated. It's okay. It's a great film. People definitely need to go watch it. I loved it. You just cheated. Okay, just let's move on. Reading say my number five. It it is all right. You know I can't do that. Stop rubbing it in.
0: It's all right, man. It's all right.
1: I do these reviews with my heart, not my brain. Come on. (laughs) So my number five was Uncut Gems, and this was a strange movie. Because a lot of my friends were on opposite ends of the spectrum. They either loved it or they hated it. There was no in-between with this movie. And I know that there was no Oscar nomination at all for this film that I know of. And I think that was a mistake. Because I think Adam Sandler is brilliant in this film. It came out at the end of 2019. But he just seems to shine when it comes to dramas. He, you know, hats off to Adam Sandler. There's something, you know, about maybe comedians in and sorrow i mean i'm sure i'm sure we've heard that many times but it just he it brings out the best in sandler and uh he definitely shows it in here one of the things i found really interesting was um about this film was adam sandler was interviewed i think by conan o'brien and i didn't even know this but this script was written like over 10 years ago it was oh, yeah. written a really long time ago and it was pitched to him a really long time ago And his manager was just like, no, this is going to be a bad image for you. Don't do it. And so he didn't. And he finally, you know, three times the charm, looked at the script and finally did it. And my goodness, I wish he had done it sooner because the movie is just it's just made for him. Like he's such a believable, like scumbag type of character who has a gambling problem. And he's just so he's like wholly unlikable. But at the same time, it's just so entertaining to watch. And I think the thing that this movie does so, so incredibly well is that it just it aims to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. From start to finish, there is never a break. You just feel like you're, you know, claust- like if you're claustrophobic or don't like yelling or loud noises like Steve Carell in Anchorman, don't do it. Like, just don't put yourself through that torture. You will not enjoy this film. But other than that, like, it's, it's amazing. And the whole the whole movie is about karma. Um, It's just about, you know, this really shitty character doing shitty things. And at the end of the day, things happen where you're just like, huh, that makes sense. Uh, so I really enjoyed this. The only con for me was maybe the ending was a little bit predictable. I won't go into the ending because I don't want to spoil things. Um, but perhaps that's the point. Maybe that could be a strength of the film, too. I'm not sure. Um, but the character is very self-destructive and it's just a beautiful, how should I say this? It's like watching a beautiful thing burn to death, but it's still so amazing to watch um not to say that anyone burns to death in this movie, but that's the best way I can describe it so that was my number five
0: that's a that's a solid one man um yeah, I think it's it's slightly divisive, although I think generally a lot of people really like this movie and were disappointing it got completely snubbed in the Oscars Adam Sandler's you know top form here, and his top form is actually really good. And yeah, dude, this is a stressful movie. You're just watching this addict of gambling just New York his way around. This is a New York City as fuck movie. At least it feels that way. And yeah, it's it it deserves top ten lists. It deserves Oscar nominations. Uh so well placed at number five. Well placed.
1: All right, right. here we go. What is your number four, sir? What is it? I bet you it's the same one I picked. Go for it. I
0: know it's not. Um, because my number 4 is parasites. Um Stop and- rubbing
1: it in, man. I know I have to watch it. <laughs> I want to watch it. It just it was limited release, man. You can't you can't expect me to work miracles all the time, okay?
0: It's true. I mean, I do expect that, but it's true. It it was hard for me to watch this movie. I have a movie theater that I walk to. It's like a 18-20 minute walk. But this one I actually had to get in my car and drive 10 miles, which is, you know, more than I would typically do for Denver movie showings. Because uh, it was pretty limited in late December, but man, it's a I believe a Southern Korean movie that just took this year by storm. I just I didn't see this movie coming. I'm glad it got so much love in the Oscars. I think it's nominated for both Best Picture and Best International Film, which is well deserved on all accounts. I love the script. It's another one of those movies that's tackling the. Divide of classes. This one depicts what's happening in, you know, Southern Korean regions where it's a really rich family interacting with this really poor family. I won't say more than that. This movie deserves to be seen unspoiled as much as possible. But this movie is fantastic. It's just the the way you describe Uncut Gems is the feelings I have um, watching Parasite you're just really stressed out about what these characters got themselves into you're really impressed by the wits and smarts these characters are showing and then you just want some you would just want them to win you just want them to um accomplish what they're trying to do and they have this really intricate plot that you just totally engrossed with as great messages you know not too dissimilar than us when it tries to tackle the problems of classes it's based off what's happening in korea but it's universal what they t- explore uh, class differences is something i think every country has so great messages great performances great story great script overall great movie it would have been higher any other day but uh, well deserved at my number four
1: you know what? That makes me definitely want to watch it even more. And thank you for not like revealing too much because I've heard fantastic things about Parasite. And uh, I just got to find it. Um, I don't know if it's in theaters anymore, but I guess I'll just have to wait for it to either be on a streaming service or, I don't know, just uh, maybe maybe it'll be on Redbox. Is Redbox still a thing? I don't even know. But uh, I, think, I yeah. think
0: people still Redbox for some reason. But yeah, definitely see it whenever you can.
1: Okay, absolutely. And uh, no, solid pick from what I heard. Great movie. All right, moving on. My number four is a Netflix film. I bet you can guess which one, Randy. I can guess, but continue. It is actually Marriage Story. Nice. Um, I really, I don't know what it is, man. I think between this and Uncut Gems, I just love watching movies that cause me pain in all the best ways. Uh, this movie was just so powerful. Um, and again, I'm I'm amazed that Netflix is just like still putting out these bangers and we live in a day and age where we can watch such incredible films from the comforts of our home. It's, it's, it's amazing. But there's powerful acting. Uh, the scene where, you know, the two main characters argue with one another is bar none just so beautiful and so painful and cringy to watch in all the best ways. Um, and it just makes it seem so real in terms of like how breakups work, how divorces work. Um, it's just incredible how close love and hatred are to one another. I know people say that the opposite of love isn't anger. It's actually apathy or just, like, indifference. And you they, they really, like, take those themes and they make it so hyper-realistic that you feel like you're part of the breakup and you're feeling their emotional turmoil. its It's amazing. And Adam Driver and ScarJo just have great chemistry, so they really just... They sell the whole script. And the script itself is nothing like terribly complicated, but it's just so simple and beautifully executed. It's well written. Um, I just really love the believability of the whole thing. So definitely worth a watch. The only con I had was that I felt the movie just kind of resolved rather quickly. Maybe there should have been more, you know, emphasis on maybe how the son was taking the divorce like what his train of thoughts were instead of just watching him interact with Adam Driver's character for most of the film. So, that's something I would have liked to have seen more, but other than that it was just it was really it was really powerful and um it's definitely worth a watch. Just don't watch it if you don't like to be sad because this this will this will get to you in all the right ways. Um yeah.
0: Hey, that's a really solid number 4. Uh, yeah, the first person I recommended this movie to after she watched it, she's like, yeah, I can't stop crying now. This has triggered all the things I felt. And I was like, Bruh, oh, no, I I'm so crying. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think it happened to you. So I, every time I recommend this movie, I always had to put a trigger warning because, yeah, you're going to catch some feels. It's going to – it might, you know, dig up some things you've uh, success, successfully thought you buried before. But, yeah, I can only just echo everything you said. Great movie, great cast. Um, I wish it got, you know, at least – more nods at the Academy, although I do think Scarlett and Adam were nominated for Best Actors, respectively. At least I hope they were. But yeah, very solid number four, man.
1: This is it. This is where the big boys come into play. This yeah, is top, top three. three. This top was three, the hardest to, part for me.
0: I'm trying to figure out what yours are. I think I have an idea, just looking at my list in honorable mentions. I feel like I might know, but it's, it's going to be interesting because... This was hard. Like 1917 and Parasite easily could have been in my top three. They were at a different time, but the you know the more you think about these movies, the more I just I couldn't help but put these. I was as I my was actually threes. really
1: surprised because I thought you were going to say Parasite was your number one because you you really liked that movie. I remember you talking about it a lot. So I'm really surprised it's not even in your top three. So I am Me surprised too. so far.
0: Me too. It was it was like an hour ago. Then I'm like you know what I got to give this movie some love. It deserves it. So to uh go forward my number three of twenty nineteen is us. Hey,
1: um, so you must be really mad that I put it at like number nine. But just go ahead. A,
0: absolute disrespect. Um <laughs> 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 no, it's fine. It, I mean again top ten could easily just be recategorized as like what what are the master class movies of twenty nineteen. It's hard to really rank them. You know, number ten isn't that much you know, worse or better than, you know, number six on my list, Toy Story 4 versus Booksmart. I love all these movies, but Us, I love absolutely. Um, I think movies in the beginning of the year, they don't get as much love as the ones that came out at the end, you know, recency bias and whatnot. Uh, But I think Us is a movie that still remained with me throughout this year. And I think it was released sometime in in February, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Everything you said about the movie that you loved about it, I loved it too. It's a unique premise. It's this crazy sci-fi Twilight Zone-esque movie that also deals with um, divides in class and race. Um, It has this bizarre plot. I won't spoil anything for those who somehow still haven't seen Us yet. Uh, But the leads in this are fantastic. Uh, Lupita should absolutely have been nominated for Best Actress for this movie. I am livid, she's not because she does work. she essentially play, plays you know two different roles when you think about it, and she does it masterfully uh love everywhere, I love all the directions this movie take took. I couldn't guess where it was gonna go, a lot of it for a lot of it, and I just love the journey. There's so much get out, I think I probably still like more, but us I think is a more complex film, I think. There's been countless uh, essays, video essays, and different interpretations to what different symbols meant in us. Um, This movie has heavy symbolism, um, both political and biblical throughout the film, that you can just have widely different interpretations and you both could be right. So I think any story that can evoke that much conversations in difference in interpretations, with with everyone agreeing that this is a really good film marks for great art so i think jordan hit it out the park um this i don't think this was even nominated for best screenplay original screenplay i don't think it was at least but i think that's ridiculous because i haven't seen a story like this before not really at least um so that's why that's my number three great story great characters great concept um and great direction so great job jordan peele made my top three this year
1: also you have to really love that jordan peele cameo it's uh it really hits home do you remember that? Do you remember his cameo?
0: I don't. Was he like in the voice
1: of one of them? No, he was the rabbit screaming.
0: Oh, <laughs> was <it>? okay.
1: <laughs> I'm dead serious. that That was his cameo. Was the yeah, I thought. I thought uh, yeah, I
0: thought he did vocal work. I totally forgot what it was. You're right. Okay. I mean, hey, that's a man of talent. That's a man of talent. There's not much he can't do.
1: Absolutely. And then he. It's weird. Like he just. He's. He just finds a way to be funny, right? Because that's just so random. But incredible at the same time. And then for Get Out, I think he was the voice of the screaming deer. So he's just he's just going ham with these uh <laughs> these animal noises.
0: He doesn't want to bring too much attention to himself. He just, you know, keep it really uh humble by doing dead animal cries.
1: Not not bad. <laughs> not bad, people <be laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, a masterclass in filmmaking and also just a humble guy. You gotta love him. So uh my number three yes, uh yes. it was knives out. So all right, all right. definitely right, yeah, nice. definitely you could see how you and I, you know, we we put some of these lower on our list, but that doesn't take away anything from how great these movies are. You pretty much wrapped up Knives Out pretty beautifully, so I'll only add a few notes here. Um just it was just an incredibly original story, like you said. Um it was just fun from start to finish. The cast has great chemistry, and you actually believe that they're just these like really gripey crotchety like siblings who just don't like each other and are generally unlikable people. Um, But one of the things I absolutely love was just the style of this. It was very reminiscent of ready or not actually where everything just had this like old architecture to it. It also, it just felt really like Victorian at times, which I really enjoyed. Uh, You know, Chris Evans as an asshole is amazing. Um, You just see him in a completely different light, which is always nice. Um, And it was just the perfect blend of mystery and comedy for me. So it was just a great ride. I love the donut comment. I won't spoil what that means, but that made my day <laughs> in the film.
0: That was top top 10 quotes of 2019,
1: hands down. Ab- absolutely. And if I had to give it one con, again, these cons are minimal because all these films are great, but I feel like uh, the ending, while it was well explained, it was maybe a little too convoluted. Um, you know, they really went for trying to keep it under wraps until the very end, which I, I did like, but I thought maybe it was too out there, but hey, that's my gripe. That's not necessarily true, and I actually just wanted more of the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character because out of everyone in yeah. the film, she's emphasized the least, and she was actually one of the more interesting characters, especially when they showed her dynamic with uh, her father, which really wasn't even that bad. I think out of all the siblings, she was the least douchey out of them. She was just really angry, um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of her, but otherwise, just very solid film from start to finish. I'm really glad they're doing a sequel for Daniel Craig's character, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, yeah, and you know what I love most about that movie? It's the core of the story is good people are good. Like the movie is about being a good person ultimately, and I I just love what they did with that kind of thematic. So very solid number three. This was higher uh, again, like a couple hours ago, but uh i take nothing away from it excellent film excellent number 3 choice
1: and i have a funny feeling you and i have the same number 1 i honestly think we have the same number 1 but go ahead you start with your number 2 i i
0: don't know what your other two are i, I know i know what one of them is i know it i know you well enough to at least know what one of them are i i can guess what the other one is but man i this is going to be interesting so lies
1: and slander you know nothing <laughs>
0: Uh man I'm I'm so just trying to think what yours is. I I want to say somehow you were able I'm not going don't spoil it if I'm right, but I want to say you somehow put you found out you found a place for Lego movie. I feel like you did. If I were to take an outlandish guess, Lego movie um uh, would be my outlandish guess for you. You have any for you have one guess for my top 2?
1: Yeah, that, Godzilla. You, know, <laughs> you really like you really enjoyed that movie. I know you did. <laughs>
0: Yeah, people can uh, listen to that uh, episode of our podcast and see me try my best not to shit all over that movie.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I did a pretty good job. You know, it's either that or My Name is Dolomite. It's one of those two. I know it.
0: (laughs) I mean, I do love that movie. But, you know, all right, I'll I'll cut the suspense. Um, Because I think you're going to be surprised at my number two because my number two is Avengers Endgame.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um I love this movie. Tomorrow this will be my number one. The next day it won't. Tomorrow it will be again, or the next day. Uh we this was the first one we've ever recorded. This is our first podcast ever that we recorded. It was our episode of reviewing Avengers Endgame. Um and we've come a long way since then. If you listen to the quality, like literally just the quality of the episode versus what we're gonna put out now way different it you know it sounds a little rough on there but that was one of my favorite ones we recorded because there's just so was much so raw own. and beautiful it's just we went through every single plot and character beats and we were just geeking out over all of it it was everything we would want for a, a series wrap-up of the infinity saga you have these character. it's gonna be hard not to spoil this when i'm talking about it but i will still try not to for the two people who haven't seen it because this is the biggest movie ever made um but you have characters we were with since 2008 and you know just around that time with captain america thor hulk iron man just making these big character moments huge sacrifices epic moments that i don't think younger me could have fathomed this movie would exist i don't know how this movie's real i don't know how you sum up 20 plus movies with Avengers Endgame but they somehow do that um I was laughing and crying throughout this movie Uh, you can hear us gush about it on our first ever episode of After the Act but I I can't talk more about this movie without talking about it for another two hours I'm just going to dip into that territory so uh suffice to say love the character work huge payoffs and unlike movies like or IPs and I, I you know I hate to bring down other IPs, but I will anyways. Uh, It's hard to end things. And like we've seen with Star Wars or Game of Thrones, it's really hard to nail the finale. Endgame did that. And for that, I give them all the credit, albeit the number one spot. But number two, very uh, coveted position and well-deserved by Avengers Endgame.
1: Yeah, if there's one thing I regret about Avengers Endgame is that it was our first review and it was fun to do, but I really wish there was some way we could remaster that one, but it's impossible. And we we say so yeah. much in that review. It's I think it's over 2 hours long or something like that, Easily. but we we could never do it again, but it's always there for fond memories. It was it was a really I couldn't have asked for a better film to review for our first go at it. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. Absolutely. Definitely worthy of a number 2 spot. I will say this. My number two is not Avengers Endgame. What's your number two? So, so my number two is Midsummer, And I think you thought ah, that that okay, would be in my yeah. top three. Or maybe I forgot, not. I actually
0: forgot you didn't have it on your list. That's why I was wondering what the hell it could be. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And uh, like I like you, I'm just going to echo a lot of what you said. Ari Aster, or Aster blows just everything away. It's just such a subliminal and an uncomfortable story about breaking up that Again, it's like Uncut Gems, but just to a higher degree. The whole time, you're just wondering, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Why are they doing that? Why are these people acting like this? This is really creepy. Why am I still sitting here? I'm still interested. Like, those were my entire reactions during the whole film. And the cinematography is just just beautiful. Like, the whole time, it's just, again, we review this movie already, but... The, the saturation they use for the filming of it just makes it seem like it's a fairy tale in a way, but just like a, like like what a fairy tale is supposed to be, right? Because fairy tales back then were not beautiful things that like you would think Disney would put out. They were actually kind of dark, and this movie does a, just a fantastic job of encapsulating that vibe. So this whole movie is just amazing from start to finish. Always keeps you uncomfortable, and it's just terrifying in all the best ways. The only con I could think of is that some people might have thought it was too subliminal. Like some, some people I spoke to thought it was too artsy, but I think they're wrong. Um, but I've, I've heard that con before. And I think maybe one other thing that a lot of people didn't like was some of the plot points you have to gather from paying close attention to details in the background. But I don't see that as a con. I see that more as a pro because I love to be able to justify re-watching a film over and over again. And I've seen that movie three times, and every time I've seen it so far... I discover something new that I didn't before. So I love when a movie does that to me. Um, absolutely loved hereditary. I know he filmed both of these movies immediately after the other. Yeah. Um, Just, just incredible. Um, Just really excited to see what he does next. I know he said he wants to do a comedy, so we'll see how that goes, but yeah, definitely worthy of my number two spot. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, but prepare to be really, really uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well-deserved number two. It's, you know, he says he wants to do a comedy. This that movie's really pretty funny, actually. Midsummer, it's surprisingly funny. Um, I, I think constantly people were either laughing or gasping slash slash cringing in their chair because of what was happening. Um, so he definitely struck a good uh, tone balance there. I can't Absolutely. recommend I can't re- recommend this movie enough to people, but also I can't recommend this movie to every person because I know it's a particular palette to uh, watch this type of movie that yeah some people can see it's artsy in a negative way but and there's there's a lot you have to read into I think with the plot but again I don't see that as a fault I see that as a feature Um, definitely well deserved it should be on everyone's top 10 list personally Uh, should be getting more Oscar nods than it has now which I feel like might be zero not sure it but, really bugs
1: me when they do that, man. Because like I feel horror films don't get any love, no matter how good they are. Like they just barely get any love, and that's just just that's a, that's a travesty for me. Um, I agree. Like you said, w- yeah. Like and then Will Poulter, his character, he's just so funny. You're right. It's like it is a good blend of comedy. I could totally see him kicking ass at that. But yeah, man, just kind of snubbed again. And man, just it just bugs me. It bugs me.
0: Yeah. Well, one day Will own the Academy because that's a tangible thing you can own, right? Absolutely. So we'll we'll give those movies loves, but uh, hey, well deserved number two, and um, this brings us to our number one films of twenty
1: nineteen. <laughs>
0: hey, that's a different podcast.
1: But what what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> Man, number one, number one was actually like I think my last two films on this list, number nine and ten, my top two were the hardest for me. Um, only because, like, you know, this is going to be cemented and what our top 10 films are. And what do I want to say is my number one film? And it kept going back and forth. I, Endgame was on that number one for so long until December.
1: Dude, I where, know it. It's Godzilla. Just say it. <laughs>
0: I will never put that on the list. Um, But, man, I my number one film... The only movie that somehow beats Endgame is
1: Marriage Story. Wow. Yeah. Adam Driver and Scar Joe beat Thanos. That's crazy.
0: They did. I mean, hey, you know, you got uh, Kylo Ren and Black Widow teaming up. They they could do some damage.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I I absolutely love this movie. You know, you said all the things I would echo as well. This is a quieter film, obviously, than Endgame. I think they're pretty opposites in what they tackle. But something they actually have in common is how they take time to deliver great character moments. So you have this couple that's essentially marriage story could be called divorce story. It's a couple. Their marriage is failing. What happens when a marriage is failing? And I think they describe that beautifully. It's it's definitely a movie that pays tribute to the idea that the people who can hurt you the most are the ones who love you, the ones you love. And in situations where you're going through a divorce, every little thing you've ever said to your partner in confidence and something they've accepted at the time can be used as a weapon just so lawyers can help get their client what they want and deserve. And it's a brutal film. You can tell these characters love each other, but... What happens when the love isn't there, it, it can turn nasty. And you just have, again, you, you mentioned the scene, the the argument. And anyone who's seen this movie knows what the argument is. I would put that scene as probably one of the best scenes of 2019 and, and in the 2010s in general. Um, it is intense. They break down completely. Everything they say, you know, there's love to it. But it is absolutely going for the jugular with every insult they say you know you know death threats even and it's all true and there's a beautiful moment i don't want to spoil this film but it's you know well deep into the movie where they've already had the harshest of arguments against each other but they still had these moments of hey by the way i know we are having dinner with our lawyers to figure out the logistics but um Adam Driver character didn't know what to order, but his wife knew exactly what he wanted to order. She ordered it for him. And those beautiful moments of they're so connected, they know each other so well, that even when they hate each other, they can still support each other. You know, Adam Driver was holding his kid while Scarlett Johansson tied his shoe for him because his hands was full. And I thought little moments like that where it showed they're a real couple. They really loved each other. It just didn't work out and when it does when it doesn't work out, it just hurts, and this movie just did a great job at exploring what happens when love is fading, and they did it in a beautiful way and I think more people should see this movie. It is you know again trigger warning for a marriage story. it will trigger some shit, but that's what I look for in a story. I want it to trigger emotions, thoughts, people have different interpretations of like who was more on the right with the scarlets character was his Adam um does that even matter but Again, this movie, I think, had, had probably had a lot of couples and people talking after it. And I think that's a sign of a good arts where you can have different interpretations, yet the movie itself still holds extremely strong. So Marriage Story, my number one film of
1: 2019. There it is. You're done, man. Your, your, your watch is over. Whew. That's it. You did it. That was hard, Congratulations. Man. Thank you. And I, you. I will say, I, you know, I will say that was just such a, such a raw and passionate film. Oh my goodness! It's it was yes. beautiful. You know the 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 worst thing about what you said was just how close it hit to home, because, and just a little bit of a, a little bit of detail about me, the man with many names. I uh, I actually saw that movie right before I got dumped for a breakup. So it just like, oh man, it just in retrospect, I don't make good decisions in my life. I should have I should have waited to watch Marriage Story, um, but it was. Maybe that added to the effect of the film. Maybe it did. Maybe maybe it made it better for me. You know what? Yeah. So from now on, if you're going to watch Marriage Story and you have a significant other, break up and then watch the <laughs> film. It's even better. I promise you. Um, and it was funny, too, because like Marriage Story reminds me a lot of like the tone is very similar to BoJack Horseman, where it's just like mm. very sad, and very visceral, but also has these nuggets of truth in it that are just incredible. Uh, about just life and love and loss. So um absolutely man, I completely understand your number 1, but my number 1 was your number 2, and that was Avengers Endgame. That's why I thought we were going to have the same number 1. Um and you know, number 1, number 2 doesn't really matter. They're both amazing films. And I will say Avengers Endgame like you said, highest grossing film for a reason. It was the culmination of, you know, what 22 films uh beforehand for the Infinity Saga. It just did not disappoint. Um, movies fun from start to finish and the ending man, the ending has enough loss in it to make it worthwhile like the story culminates into this beautiful thing that impacts you very deeply for a comic book film surprisingly and Thanos is just the greatest on-screen villain of all time that's just a fact like he it took two movies to take him down how many films do you know that can say that and, and they lost then,
0: in one of those movies they, did they not lost take him down. exactly
1: the bad guy wins <laughs> Spoiler alert, the bad guy wins. And I can't think of too many examples where I've seen a villain and I'm just like, you know what? I don't think he's a villain. I think I kind of agree with him. I just think (laughs) he's an (laughs) anti-hero. So, uh, yeah, Avengers Endgame, highest grossing film of all time. If you haven't seen it, which I can't imagine that you haven't, go watch it. What are you doing? Go be part of the conversation. My goodness. Uh, But, yeah, it was just...
0: I mean, at this so, point, everyone should have seen it at least 10 different times, judging by the box office.
1: Exactly. And then, like, just, you know, it was just the perfect blend of uh, effects, acting, and writing. Uh, but It's just a star-studded cast, exciting from start to finish. The only con I had was the time heist was maybe too long uh, for my taste, but yeah. it didn't take anything away from the film. Um, and, you know, obviously, they did a bunch of re-releases in theaters, uh, which was maybe slightly annoying, but, hey, I got a free poster out of it, which was cool, and, yeah, I didn't I didn't hate having to watch it a second time. So, my goodness, go watch Avengers Endgame, my number 1 movie. I'm done. <laughs> your boys out.
0: <laughs> Dude, great number 1. Great list, honestly. There's, there's not a movie I think on your list that even if it didn't make my list, I didn't also like. Like uh we'll, we'll we'll get into honorable mentions. So, I think one that was on your list that wasn't on mine, but definitely on my honorable mentions, John Wick Chapter 3. I wanted that movie on my list a lot but I knew
1: it I fucking um, knew.
0: It. yeah, it, it you know, it, things just had to push it down but what an enjoyable fucking movie. Like we both love Raid Redemption that series and like you said it it matches up with and inspires John Wick in great ways. I love great choreography. You know, I did Latin dance um competitions in college, so I know what it's like to try to choreograph something and put it in action and for them to do what they did in this movie with their martial arts battles their just street bra- brawls their motorcycle chase scenes it's beautiful all three movies are they just keep one up in each other and yeah john wick chapter three definitely on my honorable mentions um this is the movie i wanted to put on there the most out of any of them and it was uh my name is dolomite i really wanted to put that movie that, on that's actually list. on
1: my list for honorable mention it was a fun, it was a it was a decent film like it was more than decent actually it was it was enjoyable it was Eddie Murphy's return to form and it's really good
0: yeah and you know I think more people should see it I think I don't think it got love at the Oscars but this and I've heard people say it before um but it was it felt similar to the disaster artist but it had a different tone so this the disaster artist is like all right this amateur filmmaker is making bizarre decisions and they're clearly not working out You could say that same thing for my name is Dolomite. This amateur filmmaker is making bizarre decisions, but he keeps striving for the best, and it happens to work out. You're rooting for this guy, and you know, as budding amateur filmmakers ourselves, we can see a lot of ourselves in Eddie's character, where he's just he's hoping against hope. Everything says he shouldn't be able to do what he's doing, and by sheer determination, he just keeps making moves happen and it was just enjoyable from start to finish it, it was on my number 10 list until i remembered i saw a little women in book smart but definitely should get some love definitely should get some love glad it was on absolutely your honorable agree. mentions
1: as well absolutely agree yeah um for my honorable mention i i had dolomite and then i had two others uh the other one was book smart which i kind of mentioned at the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. um it just you know slightly got beat out by Ready or not, but that's because I enjoy horror films a little bit more than I enjoy comedies. But, hey, you know, that's my preference. They're both really solid films in their own right. Um, And then my other film was one you didn't get to see. It was Dr. Sleep. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a really great sequel to a cult classic and The Shining. Um, You know, Kubrick's The Shining is a household name in any horror fan's uh, arsenal. But they did a really good job of keeping this one fresh and entertaining without trying to be the first film. And I think Ewan McGregor does a great job of playing Danny as he's all grown up. Uh, the movie is decently, play, decently paced. There's a little bit that drags on here and there, but it's not too bad. And the story itself is kind of heartfelt at the end towards the resolution. So it's a it's a perfect blend of scares and at the same time drama, surprisingly. So... Yeah, I enjoyed Doctor Sleep. The only I guess con to that would be that you need to see The Shining in order for that movie to make any kind of sense to you uh because it builds from that world. Uh but other than that, uh definitely go check out Doctor Sleep, especially if you like horror films. It was uh it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I will too. Uh once it starts streaming somewhere, I'm well, I'm definitely going to catch it.
1: And that's it, man.
0: We did it. Um I actually had a, I had a few more for honorable mention, so I couldn't was, I couldn't okay. li- I couldn't right. even limit this list. So I'll just run through them pretty fast. It made your list. I wanted to make my list. It didn't. Uncut Gems. You said everything about it. Um, really solid film. Um, you know, just got beat out by a few others. But Adam Sandler, make more movies like that. I fucking love when you do that. The Meyerwood stories, funny people, Punch Drunk Love. Keep doing that shit. I love it. Um, it's actually
1: really funny because I think I saw this that he posted on Twitter, I believe, that... Because he was snubbed from the Oscars, he jokingly <laughs> said, "He's just going to make another bad movie now as, <laughs> as like punishment yeah. to to everybody out there."
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he probably will too, just out of whatever he has in his next contract. But I mean, yeah, make more uncut gems films too, Adam Sandler. It's it's fine. We love those two, even if the Academy doesn't. Uh Liam Double Tap. I don't think you had a chance to watch that, but
1: I didn't, this- man. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I, it's another one I want to see.
0: Yeah, very enjoyable. You know, it's very similar to the first one. The first one still leaks better, but only because it's the first one. This one plays in that universe, um, but but it's just it's just as funny. I can see this being a TV series that I would actually watch, a 40-minute comedy series. They expand the plot and lore somehow, too. So it was pretty fun. Um, I thought you were going to put this on your list. So I thought maybe you'll sneak it into your, like, number two secretly. But Lego Movie? Uh, part the second part
1: i honestly enjoyed that movie um the only thing is is uh it just it just got beat out by all those other films but it is it's a it's one of the it's like similar to toy story 4 where it resonates with an audience that's of different age groups like there's adult humor and child humor in there so i that was that was a good one man that was a good one
0: yeah i mean yeah it was definitely enjoyable it actually had similar plots beats to Endgame somehow um but yeah very enjoyable and then uh ready or not which made your list wanted to make my list but again you you said all you could say about ready or not solid film solid 90 minute um thriller and definitely will like more movies like that but yeah that does it from audible mentions i could probably go on but yeah it was a it was a decent year i think i had mixed feelings after the six month mark of 2019 i actually felt it was kind of weak but then this the second half of this year just, you know, kind of destroyed everything. And I think I've seen, a, you know, three, four movies a week for the last four weeks, just trying to make sure I can see everything I wanted for this list. But hey, that was exhausting. But I can't wait to do it again, because also, as much as it pains me to put any movie at number 10, and it can easily be number one, um, I don't know, it's just fun to kind of thinking back at what we had in media, like... Endgame feels like ages ago, but it was like just back in like April and May. Um, Us came out in February somehow. We're almost into February right now, like as soon as people hear this episode. Uh, But yeah, 2019, I think it was actually a pretty good year for movies in general. How how did you feel about the movies uh, for uh, 2019?
1: Well, I thought 2019 was the year for movies. There were just so many great things that came out. And you, you know, not to knock 2020... But I feel like 2020 is going to be a pretty weak year when it comes to films. 2020 looks rough. It does. But here's the thing, man. And I know this is a film review podcast, but it's looking like this is the year for video games. And I'm excited for that because I haven't played video games in so long. And it's given me a reason to jump back on that. Uh, Oh, for sure. So, you know, one thing switches for the other. But in terms of films, I'm not terribly excited for a lot of things coming up.
0: I'm trying to think at what one movie that's coming out that I'm actually excited for. I think... The Eternals from Marvel comes out this year. Um, yes. So I'm excited about that. I mean, it's Marvel so it's already cheating saying I'm looking forward to the Marvel movie, but I'm definitely looking forward to that more than Black Widow. I am sure I'm going to like Black Widow. I just think it's four years too late um, for it, me to really, really care about yeah. it. Even, it's ten years too late, honestly. But uh, The Eternals sounds like this weird, bizarre Guardian of the Galaxy-esque movie but with gods instead. So pretty excited to see how that gels with the lore but yeah i'm probably more excited about video games and tv shows than am movies for 2020
1: but hey man that just gives us a reason to start a twitch channel like that's the move right there for 2020 let's just do think, that
0: yeah i think it is man i think we're actually going to do that pretty soon so look out for that um but we're still a movie podcast we're still going to watch all those movies we're going to review them as you know i i, I would Not say to that mention
1: oh you go ahead
0: yeah, I was just going to say, like, a lot of these movies I didn't even see coming that I loved. You know, I didn't necessarily think I would love 1917 when I saw it on the Wikipedia page for films coming out in 2019. So there's a lot of movies without descriptions and trailers yet that I'm sure I'm going to love. But, you know, we'll we'll be here to uh, let you know what our thoughts are for all those movies.
1: Absolutely. And I guess, man, duh. I mean 1917 I thought came out in 2020 but you know whatever. Um and then it,
0: it, so it debuted in Ireland on December 4th then it debuted in United States on Christmas with limited release so that they can actually get Oscar contention. Otherwise they couldn't make the criteria if they didn't release it in 2019 when they did. So technically it came out but then it did have a full every theater release uh the first week of January. So Understandable.
1: understandable. Absolutely. And one thing I do want our audience members to know is this year I'm going to push real hard. I'm going to push Randy here to review some older films with me. Because there's a lot of really cool old films that don't really get a lot of love. um, And sometimes they get remade. um, So it's always good to compare them to the remake. So since this is a year where we're going to get a lot of films like A New Saw or I think they're even remaking... No, we get a Halloween sequel. That's what it is. We, yeah, we get Halloween, Halloween Kills. Kills. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it it's something I would like to do. I'm sure we will do a few episodes where we'll make those comparisons. We'll watch the older version and then we'll watch the new version and then, you know, give our thoughts. So other things to look forward to. Unless you have anything else to say, Randy, I think this is a perfect spot for a plug? Question mark? Oh, yeah.
0: Um. But, yeah, Uh. definitely interested to know how you guys like this episode format. I actually like making lists like this, so let us know if you guys like this one, if you want to hear us pain through. uh, Okay, I mean, one challenge.
1: I'm listening.
0: (laughs) One challenge I might put onto you, man with many names, is uh, 2010s. That's over. We're in the 2020s now. Whole new decade of movies.
1: You better not say what I think you're about to say. I think. Don't do it.
0: That we should. Oh, no. Give our top 10 movies of the 2010s. I'm putting it out there. That's man.
1: that's not gonna happen, man. That's way too stressful. That's that's ridiculous. Put it out ridiculous.
0: there. I think by the end of January we have enough research and brain trauma to put it to put together a list. We'll revisit a topic, but something to think about.
1: Something Avengers will be number thing. one. Is still like just expect me to say that because Avengers <laughs> is like the beautiful culmination of the end of the 2010s. Like technology, um, you know story building up with the marvel franchise it's still going to be number one spoiler alert okay it's still going to be number one
0: <laughs> dude I, honestly I, I would believe that it, i know i put marriage story as number one but i wouldn't be surprised if i made another list and then end game made it and marriage story didn't if we did a top 10 for the decade but uh we, we'll see if we have it in us to do something like that but um stay tuned way, to what we're going to well, put out next we definitely i just want the audience to, to know, know something with. man there's something i need
1: the audience to know all right and there was at the end of this year, we lost we lost something very precious, and I feel like it'd be a travesty not to say in memoriam of our top ten Marvel list. Um, we recorded <laughs> this top ten Marvel list, and we put so much time and effort into it, much like this episode. And due to technical difficulties, we lost it. But I just want to say we don't forget. Like in memoriam, R.I.P. It was a beautiful episode. I'm sorry you guys will never listen to it, but it was it was amazing. Okay.
0: Yeah, maybe one day we'll attempt to recreate a similar list. But, yeah, technical difficulties on my part was just pretty much made it unlistenable. That one hurt because that's probably the best episode we probably filmed. You know, to tease everyone for something they can never get. But, again, we can have more episodes like that, like this one. There's a lot of things we could review. Like, we have, I think we had plans to make a list for our top horror movies We haven't quite got around to that, but there's so much we could dive into um, while we wade through movies that maybe isn't worth reviewing. We can review old ones, make lists. Um, Yeah, all for that. But it's going to be an exciting year, man. Uh, We've definitely upgraded our uh, podcasting skills here. So excited to put even more content out than we did last year. And um, until next time, you can always... Find more more of our work at malumpictures.com. You can contact us at AftertheAct at gmail.com. After the act podcast at gmail.com. You can find more of our episodes on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, anywhere you typically listen to podcasts. And hey, is over. We made it. Let's do twenty twenty, right?
1: And that was beautiful, man. Let's start let's, you know, let's uh let's do it. Let's kill it this year. Let's make this the year for us. Let's do it. We love you everyone listening. Thank you for sticking with us throughout 2019. We promise you this one's this year's going to be even better.
0: Or not. Those are our only options.
1: Or not. <laughs> but we're going to try. We're going to try.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Peace. See ya.